we, we grow up around whether it's parents or whoever raised us and we assume they're superheroes. We assume they know everything because, and like my parents are superheroes, right? I, I still like to think that, but just because that was the way you were told things are done or the way things were supposed to be, that doesn't mean that's exactly how that's the objective truth. So find the objective truth before just accepting something the way it is and then cherish those people around you and spend as much time as you can with them because you never know when someone can go. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Overdue. On this episode, we sat down with Rohan for the second time. And at this point, he's been out of college for about six months now. So no job, so he's had a lot of time to accumulate memories, but also lessons. And that was ultimately the purpose of this. In this episode, we sat down with him, talked about some of the ventures that he's pursued since, whether that's Skybolt, which was a B2B SaaS, um, that's business to business, and then software sold as a service, or Beam, what he's working on now, or even just the adventures as he's had, whether that's being in Europe for a month, staying in hostels, or even just taking a train all the way across America. I hope you all enjoy. Thank you. Welcome to Overdue, where we cover the stories of certified product starters and ambitious entrepreneurs, from college students to accomplished professionals. I don't know, I kind of like this as a general rule of thumb. The actual audio long form episodes are as geared towards the guests as much as possible mm -hmm. and like making this the best experience for everybody. Well, like the short form content is the most for the audience. Dude, that is a great way to think about it. Um, so I had that, I, I interviewed Danny Moran on the podcast recently, right? Do you want to like contextualize for Isar? Yeah. So Danny yeah. basically started this podcast like when he was, I think like 21 or something like that. And now, and he, he didn't like have that much accomplished before, like externally speaking, right? Now he's had Gary V, Alex Hermosi, Chris Williamson, Holy Tom crap. Bilyeu, Iman Godzi, Derek Sivers, Robert Green. Like the list just goes on of like, quote unquote, accomplished people. <laughs> and so I cold DM'd him and I'm like, yo, like we've got a similar story. Like you want to hop on our podcast? We had an overlap of a guest because we had Michael Sakan, the creator of like a big Instagram account. And he's like, let's do it. And so this guy, what makes him so special and why he gets so many cool guests on is there's this famous real compilation of him online where all of his guests are complimenting him on his research skills, where this guy, get Danny, he can come up with these questions that the guests are like, whoa, like, I don't even know how you knew that about me kind of thing, right? <laughs> Nardwar. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's just like very, so that's what he's known for. And so I'm like, okay, if this guy's going to come on our pod... I want to play him to his own game. Yeah. I need to be able to do a ton of research on him. So usually for our podcast, we do like some research, but we don't have a question sheet. We just know about them enough to like have a normal conversation. So I started to overthink it and I was like, what I am optimizing for is to come up with the most perfect questions possible to show him that I did my research. So we do the podcast and I, what I was optimizing for was met. He sent me an email saying, Rohan, like, you asked, abs your research was absolutely phenomenal. So I'm like, oh, great, right? But it felt more like an interactive Q&A than mm -hmm. a conversation between two bros kind of thing. Because I, I was so focused on asking great questions and I had this whole sheet read out that I was not asking good follow-ups because I was so focused on the next question. And so that's when I also realized like you where it's like, okay, sure, you want to like have these goals of making sure to ask them great questions. Um, but it's not worth sacrificing the overall flow of the conversation. So he sent me this four step 
guide that like Hermosi said, like what makes a good interviewer, right? Step one was build rapport uh, and get them comfortable. That was a combination of like step one and step two and like asking good questions, things like that. So he's like, oh, you killed it on step one and step two. Step three and step four is where I really lacked. Step three was basically good follow-ups. And usually this works out for me, but since I was so hyper-focused this time on asking like precise questions based on my research, didn't do a great job with that. Fourth step that's so important that I've realized now over time is the power of silence. Because if you are an interviewer and you let someone finish their thought and then you add an extra silence that might feel awkward at times, that guest might try and butt in on that silence and that's where the meat of their actual answer could be. Because they might be holding back or giving a surface level answer, but if you keep the silence going, now all of a sudden they're gonna wanna fill this awkward silence with something that's so valuable. Mm -hmm. So that's something I've actually tried to implement myself now in like regular conversations with friends or strangers. And I feel like the conversations flow way better when I just like accept silence a lot more. Um, but I think you guys are great hosts and you guys have embraced a lot of these kinds of things. Give you the silence. <laughs> I had to give you the silence after that. I was like, I know you said I had nothing be more to add. But Thank I, you. We do it like we do greatly appreciate that. Okay. Oh, what I I messaged him after the uh, Danny Miranda episode, and I'm like, dude, you're one person away from Alex Ramosi. <laughs> one person away. Nice. And then I was like, and then what did you respond? To? I responded with, "You're two, and your cousin's three, and their dog is four. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's like so crazy to think about, though. Is that something that? I mean, I feel like you would have realized, especially when you got out of college, this last six months, like whether it was like living down in Austin, you're like meeting these people you're like, whoa, like I probably wouldn't like, it's kind of crazy to meet some of these people. Right. And then imagine the, the Danny Miranda thing. Dude, we stuff. all are. I mean, there's that theory, like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon or something like that, where we're all just seven people away from every other person on the planet. I don't know like how proven it is, but I mean, it's definitely true to some extent. I know I'm two connections away from Elon Musk. <laughs> really yeah what who yeah what uh one of my boys his name is michael sakand he's the creator of the our future instagram page and he's met elon a few times um but it's it's just like like what austin majors was saying if you meet these people and then you have them kind of introduce you to a few others and then them introduce you to a few others you're not that far off from a lot of people if you really want to reach out to them right when do you think that uncovered itself most to you? Was it in college? Because I don't think... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, don't f I feel like this last six months, you probably realized it more than ever. Um, just the idea that like we're not too far away from people. Mm -hmm. um, but I, can I also... Maybe like I yeah. think the Larry Geese one probably was a little... Well, you met him for a while, right? But also... Yeah, that was... Dude, that was one thing I realized about like the podcast in general and how powerful it is, where it lands you opportunities that you would never have expected. For example, yeah, so Larry Geese, he's the namesake of our College of Business here at Illinois. And the first time I had met him was through IBC, which is like a consulting organ campus. And at the time, this was sophomore year, I was like the quote unquote like COO of the org. So I was like kind of not the main director, but second in command. And Larry was coming down for this like fireside, or he, he was coming to do a, a kickoff event for our org. And so I was begging the director. I'm like, please let me be the guy to give him his water, give him his microphone. The guy's like, yeah, sure. Like, why do you even want to do that? I'm like, just, just trust. <laughs> um, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sure. You can do that. 
So I met Larry. I gave him his water. I was like helping him out with this microphone and all that stuff. And he started asking me questions like, oh, like, so like, what's your name? That kind of thing. So now I built this relationship with him. And then I found out a year later, he was coming down to campus to do some fireside chat or something like that. And so I emailed him. I'm like, hey, like, remember me? Like, I have a podcast. Uh, you want to come on kind of thing? He's like, let's do it. He responded. And so he had given me his email the first time around. That's how I got it. And he's like, let's do it. And then here's the crazy part. Five to ten minutes before, and me and Jacob had done all kinds of research on, like, Larry to make sure we asked the perfect questions, right? Because it was, like, a high-quality guest. And he responds, or he texts me, like, five minutes before coming to campus. He's like, yo, I'm five minutes away. Can I bring my friend David with me? <laughs> so Jacob and I are like... Wait, did he just say the first name? He just said David. So Jacob and I are like... This is funny. Like, we're not going to say no to Larry. Like, sure. Like, of course, of course. We're like, who the hell's David? Like, what? Like, yeah. we had no time to do research. We saw that he was the CEO of, like, some random company I'd never heard the name of. But I'm like, all right, we have five minutes. We don't have time to prep this guy, right? Then David and Larry come on the podcast. And through the podcast, we find out that David Fisher... He's the former CFO of Potbelly. He has been involved with seven IPOs. Seven, dude. That's That's crazy. And he's now the CEO of a company called Innova, which does $1.2 billion billion in revenue. (laughs) And after that, he shoots me an email saying, hey, Rohan, like, if you ever need anything, like, I'm here for you kind of thing. And it was like, whoa, like, this is not an opportunity I was even somewhat expecting to have kind of thing, right? Um, So it is crazy how these opportunities can just pop out left and right. That's, that's so funny. Hey, can I bring my boy, David? <laughs> yeah. Some random David. You find out he's like the CFO of Potbelly. Like, it's like crazy yeah, he, yeah, he brought Potbelly in Chicago from like four locations to like 85 or something like that's that. That's insane. Wow. Um, so he was there like early on. Yeah. Wow. Um, but just an incredible guy. And so through the pod, we've been able to meet so many different kinds of people. Who are some other ones? Some other people that we've met? Yeah. Um, so I'll give other examples. I'm trying to think of other examples along the same line of like unexpected opportunities, right? Um, there's a guy, Bobby Fisher, or what am I saying? Bobby Housel. <laughs> That's a chess guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not Bobby. Yeah. Bobby Housel. He's a University of Michigan guy, and he is one of the most well-connected people I know, like in our generation kind of thing, where he just knows everyone in the entrepreneurial space, right? So we interview him, we get him on, and he then brings me and Jacob to this party in Austin, where because of that party, we were able to meet Michael Sakan, the guy who knows Elon and the guy who created that big Instagram account. We interviewed him on the podcast, right? Then the next day, Michael's like, hey, Rohan uh, and Jacob, like, come to this pool party in Austin that like my friends are throwing down. So now we go to this party. We meet the CEOs and founders of these other big companies who then we get on the podcast too. And it's just like one opportunity, like you said, leads to the next, leads to the next. And like you never can plan ahead and see that ahead of time. You know, it's like the Steve Jobs quote, like, you can't connect the dots looking forward, only backwards. You just have to trust that everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to as long as you're like taking action and doing the things that you need to be doing. Wow. What was your what was your favorite episode then? Also that one? Oh, I can't do that. You, I can't why do not? that. Why not? We've had the thing is here's the thing. Like on yeah, an outside perspective, different so. people have different levels of accomplishments, right? And they have different kinds of brands, but anyone we've had on the podcast has have been people that Jacob and I look up to. So every single guest have been people that like wow, there's a lot we can learn from this person, right? Yeah. I mean, we've had, like, from an accomplishment standpoint, sure, we've had Forbes 30 people. We've had uh, people who have, have over a million followers on TikTok. We've had billionaire. We've, we've had these kinds of people, right? The CFO, whatever. 
But then we've also had people who are like students who just have made decisions that have gone against the grain and can inspire anyone just to listen to those kinds of stories, right? We had a guy uh, named Destin who had this, who, who built this uh, app that's like turf wars for running where basically it's called cardio. That was a really interesting episode. That was a very cool one. And he basically, his family had to have an intervention with him because they're like, you're doing this entrepreneurship thing and like, it's not going to be successful. It's too risky kind of thing. He's like, I can't stand this energy. And he basically left his home with like a thousand bucks, moved to Austin and flash forward to literally two days ago, he just got a $5 million investment. Really? Yes. Um, And he's been like getting all this traction now. And so it's like, we, we find all these people who are just like following their dreams in a sense and have made decisions that are just abnormal from, for society standards. And that just on its own is what has inspired us in general. That's cool. So it's hard to, yeah, I can't say one episode or anything like that. There's yeah. just too many amazing people. How have you like kind of like reached out to them? Like, I'm just curious. You just like cold email or? So funny or enough, you... I mentioned like Danny Miranda, like I sent a cold DM, right? right? Yeah. He was the first time ever really? okay. that we did a cold email or DM. Everyone we've had on the podcast has been a warm connection. Like either we met them in person or we got introduced to them by like a friend, things like that. So, so I think in the future now, Jacob and I have started like full-time work. So it's definitely more tough to find time to interview and stuff like that. But we are going to do more cold outreach in the future, most likely. But so far it's just been warm leads. Yeah. Speaking of full-time work, I heard you're starting Monday, right? So, (laughs) so Give it. Give us a recap between graduation and now. Man, um, <laughs> yeah, I, that's a long. That's this a is long dense, time, but, loaded question. Yeah. Um, so graduated in May, and now it's what October twenty first or something. And I remember in May, like thinking, like, man, I got a lot of time before I start work, and now flash forward, and like we're here. <laughs> so it's a weird feeling, but I am ready to start. I've had a lot of free time, a lot of time to travel. A lot of time to meet new people, a lot of time to work on new projects, things like that. In terms of a full recap, would be I don't want to like go on an hour rant. I'll say some highlights. Um, did a friend's trip to Iceland, which was, man, that was just the most beautiful country I've ever been to. It's like, the way I describe it is like Minecraft, where every five minutes when you're, we, we rented out two RVs and went around the island. Every five minutes you're driving, it looks like an entirely new biome, just completely. Where it's like, there's just a, such a sheer high quantity of beautiful spots. So that was very fun. Did a family trip to France. Um, got to learn a lot about Napoleon and some of the French history. <laughs> that was one of the like my mental like things I wanted to bring up during this. But uh, let's, 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 let's go into it now. What did, you, what did you learn about Napoleon and why did you get so... Well, I, I think travel is interesting in general because it just gets you out of your own bubble, right? And you start to appreciate things you didn't appreciate before. So we went to some museums there and like I had seen statues of Napoleon everywhere or some. So when I got home to America and I'm like, who's this Napoleon guy? And like, so what? He was just like some random emperor. Like, why does everyone care about him? And I like looked into the whole Napoleonic Wars and how this one man single-handedly changed the entire history of Europe. So before then, emperors were basically crowned based on like, if you come from a family of emperors, things like that, right? This guy was born on like a small island, made his way to France, and through like merit and hard work alone was able to become so successful and one of the most skilled leaders in the history of the world, quite frankly. And it was like all of Europe against him. 
it was Prussia, Russia, uh, England, and like Germany. And they would just try and take him down. But he was just so innovative with the strategies and his like leadership was just top notch. He basically took notes on like all of his soldiers. So he would know things about like the bottom line of his soldiers or like the front line. And it would just make them, it would just boost morale so much. And so I started to like look into all these different leadership strategies and got fascinated by his stories. Okay. What do you think makes that powerful of a leader? So he fought on the front lines and he organized his formations in a way where his whole army could see him fighting. So when you were down, he was always down troops and like he almost always won. I mean, people talk about like Mayweather and like these people's records. This dude in war went like, I don't know the exact number, but like 48 and two or something like, and he was usually outnumbered. Mm -hmm. And so he came up with all these innovative strategies and in spite of always being outnumbered, he was able to keep morale high because he was leading by example from the very front of the army. So, how do you that think that, that like those lessons? Because I always look at those like old war heroes. Where it's like they kind of s- seem so archaic, right? But like in a different time, that would just be another human. Like that's like our age, which is so weird to think about, right? Yeah. So it's like, in a lot of ways, those skills just can be translated to like current day. In so many ways, because like the same people, it's just they're using those skills for different things, right? So how do you think that an individual, whether like in college or whatever it might be, can, okay, that's such a weird question, but actually I, I want to, can learn from Napoleon's leadership <laughs> tactics and apply them to whatever they're doing nowadays. So maybe that's like fighting on the front lines. So and like how can this all, all be translated into? Great question. So first of all, he studied the greats who came before him. He studied Julius Caesar. He studied Alexander the Great. He figured out what they had in common and what he could kind of take for himself. So one thing he did was he basically changed the promotion structure of the French military, where now, instead of just being promoted based on the class you come from or having family members who are like high rankings, it's no, it's based on merit, it's based on skill. That was one thing. So it became like a, the positions got a lot more respected where people weren't like, oh, this person just got promoted because of like legacy kind of thing. It's like, no, they deserve to be there. Um, so he changed that whole system, which was really cool. Um, what else? So in terms of what can be learned for college students, leading by example, I mean, if you're going to tell other people to do something, you better do it yourself too and prove to them that, hey, you're like giving them these commands because they know you're capable of doing it. There's so many times in situations where like, for example, a, a manager of a, of a bunch of computer scientists will be saying, oh, no, like you need the code done in this amount of time or you need to be able to program this and they'll get upset and mad at them, right, and put these pressures of timelines. But they don't get respect from the actual people building the product because they're like, you don't even know what we're going through. You don't even know what this is like. So if you're going to lead a team, make sure you can at least understand, like you, you have to be able to empathize with them and know where they're coming from kind of. I feel like that's a lost art. I don't feel like that's emphasized as much nowadays of like being on the front lines and whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like you just don't hear that anymore. Like you never see like, I, I, I don't know, I'm trying to think of some examples, but it's such like a trivial one. But like I saw, I worked at Mariano's and there was like one day I just saw like my manager like full sweating in like this dress shirt, like pushing carts out with the cart guys. Doesn't that get you going? Yeah. It's like, well, if he's doing it, then yeah, like I'll do it. Yeah. yeah my respect went up from so much. After that, I like that sight was almost ingrained in my memory. I'm like, whenever he asked me to do anything, I was just like, 
yes, immediately. But that's just not, you don't see that anymore. Or you don't see it as much. You're not going to learn chess from someone who has like a chess rating of like 200, right? You need to learn from people who have been able to achieve success in whatever field that is, right? You're not going to learn tennis from someone, even if they're young, they have to have achieved something. Same kind of thing where it's like, if you've seen that the person who's leading you has been able to achieve great success in whatever realm that is, then your morale is going to go up and you're going to want to actually learn from them. Yeah. I have a question that came in my head, but we need a little bit of context first, right? So Sky Bowl, right? Walk us through vision for that. Like, what? Why did you start it? Like, what was the vision like with it? And like, because I have a specific question that I want to ask as a follow up <clears throat> to all of it. But we just need the context first. So Sky Bowl was a great lesson for me, a uh, humbling experience for sure. Skybolt Systems was a business-to-business software-as-a-service company that helps local businesses basically scale their marketing and creates automations for them so that they don't have to do as much manual work, right? How'd you get that idea? I got this idea from a friend <laughs> named Austin Kennedy, actually. He calls me up. He's like, yo, like, get-rich-quick scheme here. Like, trust me. <laughs> Um, and basically, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. You didn't say that. Basically, it's this. There's this company called Go High Level. If any of you have time and energy, feel free to invest in this. There's a company called Go High Level, which basically has this incredible software that they sell to like local businesses to help them automate their marketing, right? But you can get a white. Any of us can get a white labeled version of that software. Basically, meaning is, well, yeah, yeah. Okay. Basically, meaning that we could pretend that software is our own. So I used Go High Level software under my brand of Skybolt Systems, and I can resell that to whoever I want as many times. So all I would have to do is pay, as like the reseller, pay 500 bucks a month to Go High Level, and I can sell that software as many times as I want for like 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 300 bucks a month to different clients. So say you're selling uh, for like 250 bucks or something a month to your clients. If you have two clients, you break even, right? not counting any of like additional marketing costs or things like that. So this was a cool little opportunity where I was like, huh, like great way for me to learn about sales. Cool <laughs> to learn about some IT systems, how they work. And so I dabbled with it. And I think at the back of my mind, I've never really articulated this. At the back of my mind, I was scared the whole time of how I would manage this while doing full-time work. Because say best case scenario, I was able to land several clients and now I'm doing full-time work. Yes, I could always hire and outsource people to manage those clients, but at the end of the day, it takes effort to manage managers, right? And so I never put in the effort that was required for it to actually be a success because of that fear at the back of my mind, like how am I actually gonna manage this? I don't even know what full-time work's gonna look like. I'd, I've heard rumors about the hours, but I wanna first be able to experience those hours for myself before I make any decisions like this. So, yeah, when it comes to, because one thing that I was curious, I, I'm curious to ask you about is because throughout your college experience, you had Gatland, right? And you had, you were doing the, like, these pitches, right? For like, what was the one down in Chicago? What was the name of it? Uh, um, Forge. Yes. Forge or something. You're like pitching Gatland like all the time, right? And then you end up pitching Skybolt to like a whole different audience. Right. And also the vibes are definitely a lot different in the 
scope of which you are like selling like the environment and everything like that so what were the differences between that and did you learn more did you learn less what was the difference in sales that you understood after like those two experiences so here here was the issue with skybolt i was trying to sell a solution to a problem that i didn't understand i was trying to get i had to get into the mind of these local business owners home service providers right uh, pest management companies, landscapers, things like that. But I have never experienced those kinds of problems myself. So I can make all the assumptions in the world I want. I could pretend like I know what a home service provider goes through. I can ask them lots of questions and try and learn their true intentions or true problems, but everyone has different problems. And so that was my big issue with it where I was like, I'm doing this primarily to quickly make some cash, but I don't know enough about the problem I'm solving. You know, do you feel like with Galleon you did with Galleon? We were trying to boil the ocean. That was a whole nother issue. I learned where we were creating a two sided marketplace, essentially to connect people who wanted to explore new places with local businesses who had cool things to offer. And there was scalability issues. There was the issue of Jack, Evan and I all had like full time jobs <laughs> coming up like how are we going to compete in an environment where our competitors are doing this full time and we are just doing this part time, you know? So there was issues with that as well. Um, we didn't try and focus on one specific type of bucket list attraction. We were trying to find like all the ones in a specific county or a specific state or even the country eventually. But then uh, there's the issues of Who's going to find out those locations? Are we going to outs or are we going to make it crowdsourced where everyone puts their own? How are we going to verify those exist? How are we going to verify they're great? Right? There's the issue of every single day there's businesses opening and closing. How are we going to keep up with monitoring all that? So there was a lot of scalability issues, which we didn't have the bandwidth for. None of us like were computer science majors. Not like it was kind of one of our first ventures that we had started. And so we're like, okay, this sounds like a cool idea. But number one, are we solving a problem that was like meaningful to us? Not necessarily. It was cool. It wasn't a need, right? But what I'm working on now, which you, you know about Beam, it's basically a scheduling assistant that we've experienced the problem ourselves. And so it's so much easier to not just stay passionate, but sell the vision because we understand the problem we're solving. Yeah, I saw the Instagram for that. I was like, this is cool. This is something like... Okay, especially right now, like, the pledge class and, like, all the coffee chats and, like, the text coming through, I'm like, I, I saw it on your Instagram and I was like, dude, that would, that would be really nice. Um, ba basically, like, what it is for context is right now, say, say, say you and I are trying to get, say we're scheduling a coffee chat, whatever, to meet up, right? Yeah. There's three ways this usually happens. Number one, I'll text you, say, hey, it's been a while, you want to get coffee, you say, yeah, does Tuesday 2 p.m. work? I'll say no. I'll say, does Wednesday 4 p.m. work? <laughs> no. You say no. And now we're just playing a game of digital ping pong, right? And yeah. that's just a pain in the ass for everyone involved. Second option is I send you my Calendly, which is just pretentious because it's like we're <laughs> friends. Like if, if I get a Calendly link from you to get coffee, yeah. I'm, I'm not getting coffee with you, yeah. right? That's meant for very specific circumstances where it creates this power dynamic of one person's way more important than the other. Exactly. It's like for an interview or something. For it's an not, interview, yeah. right? Third option is you say, when are you free? You go look at your Google calendar. You literally look day by day and find out all your availability slots. You find 
Monday, uh, 8.27, 8am-9am, 12 p.m. 4 p.m. comma, and you do this for the whole week, which is efficient, but it takes you 10 minutes to type up your availability. So all Beam is extremely simple. All it does is you log in with your Google account, it scans your Google Calendar, and in one click, you click get availability, and it basically comes up with that tech copy and paste text format that you can plug right into an email or text message with your availability that says Monday colon blank, Tuesday colon blank. That's it. And I wish I had that. So it's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, I'm solving a problem. I'm actually using Beam on a daily basis. When I sent Danny Miranda my schedule on LinkedIn, I literally use Beam to come up with it. So it's helping me in my life. And so I'm like, okay, this is way easier to sell a vision for because it's something I believe in. What was like the coding behind that? Like, like in terms of like, technically, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. what was like the CS behind that? So obviously considering you, I'm at least assuming you don't have obviously the, I don't greatest. No way. No and way. Like Evan, I knew helped you with, helped with like the CS of galleons. Like how's that working for like, Beam? so Evan is a wizard um, when it comes. So he doesn't have a computer science degree or anything like that. Yeah. Right. He had a computer science minor, but he stopped it to work on galleon. In fact, and through chat GPT, the whole thing was coded. If you can good, give good enough instructions to ChatGPT, it'll give you the code you need. Now, it's not as easy as it sounds. It takes some prompt engineering, but it's a skill that like, if you give a computer science problem to someone who's like, knows computer science and you give it to Evan, Evan does not know nearly as much as that computer scientist does, but he will be able to figure out the solution by going back and forth and having a conversation with ChatGPT. So in a way, Evan's like a CTO where he has his team of coders who he's constantly giving instructions to, but Evan has a good fundamental understanding of what's going on behind the scenes so he can give the proper instructions. So with ChatGPT, if you at least know the basics of coding, you can code a lot of lot more than people think you can. And so we have a fully functioning MVP essentially. I've used cool. it. I sent it to Armand. You know, I said I had a coffee chat with Armand. Yeah, yeah. yeah I sent it to him. I, I use it just because the only thing, okay. I, I use it for my Linux homework. I know it can code. <laughs> but yeah no 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 beam oh beam okay. yeah yeah, I yeah, we're yeah. Talking about yeah, yeah no 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 i, I use I, I use it for okay here's something that i'm curious about though what would you what would you do about potentially transparently there's sometimes like maybe i don't want to do that because i maybe don't want to do a coffee chat on friday night at like on a fr like a friday evening just because mm -hmm. like there's other things I'd rather be doing just because like the value of, of that time's more valuable, right? Mm -hmm. So like, how would you like encounter something like that? Perfect. Well, I, I oversimplified it. So there's one step I didn't bring up that as soon as you log in with your Google account, it gives you these availability preferences. So you could, as the person who's putting your, who wants to generate your availability, you can put the specific dates that you want to include in the availability. You can put a nothing before and a nothing after. So you could say nothing after 5 p.m. on Friday kind of thing. Um, so that way you can change the settings. And so when you send out the availability or copy and paste that message, boom, you have it there. Mm -hmm. And of course, this is not a permanent. Once you copy and paste that and put it into your email or into your text, you can edit that text however you want. Yeah. So on one specific day, if you want to change it, you can change that, right? But the next step where this is actually going to be more useful is building an iMessage app where instead of having to go to this web app, you can directly open up iMessage. Like it's one of those little things. Yeah, like game pigeon. Yeah, yeah. And you click one button and your calendar is just generated like that. That's cool. Yeah. And so next we have to connect Outlook and Apple and 
let people pick and choose which specific calendars even within their GCAL they want to actually show part of the availability, right? So yes, there's of course next steps, but as an MVP, it's, it's a problem that means something to us. So we have more, even with full-time work, like we're going to have a lot more of an incentive to work on it because it's something we're using. Is it, is it still the three of you? Um, or is no. it? No. So uh, Jack's working on his own stuff right now. Um, but Evan well, he's, are, he's really, he's going to be really busy, right? Like, cause he's doing, I mean, obviously you, you will be as well. Yeah. But he, wh- what is he, what's he doing? He is a finance wizard. Like Jack is, I mean, this man, he has one of the best like private equity positions you can get in the whole city of Chicago. He built out like a 300 page doc to wait, prep wait, I for remember his like, we, private equity interviews. So he is a absolute stud, but he's working on some other things right now. Okay. That's, that's awesome. That's cool. One thing I do want to, when we're talking about this, it seems that this is like contextualizing a question I'm going to ask, um, but this sounds a lot more like concise and like feasible than Galleon, right? Like this is just me being transparent. Totally. And when I think about, it reminds me of a story you said on one of your last episodes. I think it was like the, what was it one? Like college, like post-college update or whatever that one. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where you No, talk- I don't. Which one? Wasn't there one? It was like a, all about your post-college experience. Oh, just, I think it was it called was like just, Life After College yeah. or something. Oh, it was yeah. on recess. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. It was just you and Jacob. And you brought up at one point how I think you were at a workshop or you were at somewhere and then they made you make a resume of your failures. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I can see how all of those, there's a whole quote where it's like the work works on you and you are the product of your work. And over time, like all of these failures that you left behind have like just upgraded you in a lot of ways. And to be able to like make this vision and turn Veeam into like the best thing it could be, or just having the idea of it be better in like the execution. So one thing I'm curious is, can you name some of those things on that like resume of failures? And then one line, a one line lesson from each of them. That Dude, you I would have like 30 things. It'd I be know, a waste I, of time. <laughs> Here's what I'll tell you. Um, I've had a lot of failures, right? I mean, I could go down the list, um, but I've had a lot of failures. But what that's allowed is, for example, I don't know if Beam's going to work, right? But it at least gives me the confidence to try out something I would have never even had the balls to try out in the past. I mean, I've, whether they've been successes or not, right? I've started a newsletter, started a podcast, started an e-commerce company, started a nonprofit, started uh, an iPhone app, started this web app now, um, started a drop shipping thing. And it's like... I, before doing any of these, I never had experience doing that thing. But since I had done all these other things in the past, I was like, all right, I haven't done this before, but I can figure it out. So I think these failures have given me the confidence that like, all right, I failed before. Why can't I figure this next thing out? Like, just like I figured out the other things in the past, right? That was like the biggest thing that like the sheer quantity of things that has been happened. Um, I will say that's also like my biggest flaw for sure that I have had a lack of an ability to stick with one thing at a time where I've tried to do so much at once that I have not let the impact of like compounding help me, you know, because anything you do, if you're trying, if you go to the gym for one day, you're not going to see results. If you go to the gym for two days, you're not going to see results. If you go for two weeks, you're probably not going to see results. You go for 300 days, you're going to see results, right? It's the same kind of thing. Um, with anything, with whether you're playing guitar or whether you're working on a business. If you just work on something for like a month, 
and then stop it, which is what I've done in the past for certain things, you're not going to see any results. That's just normal, right? Even if you're great at sales, even if you're great at all kinds of skills, if you're not putting in the effort for a long enough time, nothing's going to compound. That was one of the biggest things I've learned over time and a mistake that I've made in the past where I've tried to do way too much at once and haven't been able to put all my eggs into one basket to really let the power of compounding kick in. So that is something I would say that like pro and a con for me because I've dabbled in so many different spaces where I've built up my general knowledge a lot, but I haven't let one thing really go all the way. I haven't gone all in on any one thing. Have you been like doing things to try to get better at that? Um, I know that's like, you can't just like tell me something like that, but. Uh, I mean, it's, it's allowed me to more recent, like for example, when I stopped, uh, uh, stopped Skybolt, it was kind of like, okay, like I'm going to be doing this and working and then also working on beam. Like, like no way. Like I need to focus a little bit more work is a non-negotiable. I need to pay the bills. I need to have some sort of full-time income for now so i'm like okay i'm gonna keep work and it's gonna be long hours let me try and go all in on something that has a problem i actually care about solving rather than something that just seems like a get rich quick scheme kind of thing right so i've stopped that now (laughs) yeah cool you said something in there that reminded me of a kind of the conversation we had about like spanish and how me like getting out of my comfort zone of like learning Spanish and like putting in so much time on it. The the most valuable thing I got out of all of it wasn't as much being conversational in Spanish or whatever it may be in that realm, but just the learning some, like putting yourself out there and learning something that you wouldn't, that like you just don't know, where you're just immersing in just completely unknown territory. And I think that's kind of what like you were hinting at too, where it's like, Every time you tried one of these new things, you didn't know what you were doing. It's like when it came to like video editing or just our first episode, it's like didn't know what we were doing, but we're like, okay, well, we got to start somewhere. We'll exactly. Test, iterate, and then from there, we're just going to literally comp- repeat the process. And then over time, it'll end up slowly getting better. And I mean, we're starting to see like, the- whoa. Oops. Um, we're starting. <laughs> that was funny. Con of having no mic stand. <laughs> I know, I know. We're starting to see that now. And I'm, I, I've been thinking about it. We've been doing this for probably 180 days or somewhere around there. Yeah. And it's gotten, I mean, we've gotten like a lot better. We still have like a long way to go. But you guys have gotten like way better. It's crazy. And you're still so young. Just let the power of compound and keep, kick in and just keep on going. This is something Danny talked a lot about too. He's been working on his podcast now for like since I believe 2020. Um, and over time, it's just been like giving him more and more and more opportunities out of nowhere. He's just gotten way better. You guys are the exact same way. It's so easy to stay committed to this compared to other things I've done in the past. Yeah. I, well, I think the reason because is there, there's a big one is we enjoy it. And then the other one is probably like, honestly, how much like how, how much like on how do I want to put this? I don't want to say how much effort does it really take, but it doesn't, it doesn't really take that much effort out of us considering that we enjoy talking to our guests and that's really all the effort we have to put in. And that's not really effort that's negative on us. If we're in, like, we're having a good time talking to you right now. Every single guest, we have a good time talking to them. And that's not really any, like that. There's not a better thing we would be doing. Like when we're, when we're talking to one of our guests or recording a podcast, cause that's the most important thing, thing to us at the time. So I think that's, that's why it's like easy for us to stay committed. 
definitely we've definitely built up more leverage with the whole process whether that's just like people we've met where now i could think of 50 people down here that like would be great guests like something to work on that all fit that but if you asked me at the beginning i probably could only come up with like 10 you know which is it's like i don't know that's something i didn't really realize till i just said it now yeah but also i haven't been able to like put this in a one sentence in an articulate way that i want but i feel like a lot of the skills the majority of skills to get to a point where you could just flow easily and maybe finish something in an hour, they all require a 10 hour down payment. You know what I mean? Where you just got to spend 10 hours, then you figure it out. And then after that, it's easy. Mm-hmm. But it's just like most of the time people don't have the time to like <clears throat> pay that 10 hour down payment just cause you get so busy with stuff. But that's what I love about being down here is like, Actually, I am pretty busy this semester, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I get inspired for this, though. We met one of one of my close friends now that's actually in my like pledge class, which is so weird to say. Um, but he is like I he's such a great dude. And like he like insp- he's inspired me so much in like the last week and a half. Just like work harder than I like ever have like with this because I mean, I'll tell you more like off camera, but he's. He's he's killing it, and I'm like, and it's just like stuff like that that just like breaks breaks my frame with it, you know. But what do you think about? Yeah, I wait. I have like so many different ways I I want to like take this conversation, but I'm just thinking about which ways would be the best. Wait, what were you saying about like the Spanish? How like uh, say say that part again? Yeah, so. I almost, a little bit of context, in high school, I was just, I'd get bored, and so I continually, like, I put in, like, two hours every day of listening to Spanish, like, reggaeton songs, and I'd look up, like, the lyrics, I'd sing the lyrics, and I'd write down all the vocabulary I didn't know, and I'd end up learning. At the beginning, I didn't understand anything. I was just like, what does this mean? I sound so bad, but over time, my, what's that called? my accent like begins to come in like like, it'll sounds a lot more natural and then it flows but at the beginning it was terrible right and i think that practice of as like just general doing something and being terrible at it was more valuable like that was more valuable than the actual like me being good at spanish as like a skill it was more the meta skill of getting out of my comfort like learning something that's like really like oh you're bad at this at like a younger age i'm not fully articulating that to the degree that i want but i think that you can yeah. like understand to a degree what no I'm it makes saying. sense it's the exact same thing like the power of compounding like after a few days you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to know spanish just practicing it for a week and then you're gonna get discouraged many times where you want to give up you're like this is way too hard but if you just keep on going i mean look at you now yeah well it's opened up a lot of doors which is really nice we recorded a whole episode on the doors it's opened and mm-hmm. the stories. Like it all comes back to stories. It's like I've been in, I've been able to make so many like fun and funny stories just by like the mirror. Like I can be around like that culture, and a lot of my friends are like within that culture, and I can fit in. And it's dude, everything is about stories. As that's a big thing I've realized over the last several months. Like there was this one experience I had had in like seventh grade. I was at some summer camp. And me and, like, my five friends at that camp, we went around a circle, and we were all exchanging, like, funny, cool stories. And I just remember, I oh, man, I remember this moment very clearly. And it came to my turn. 
and I had nothing to share. For some reason, I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head of a cool story that's happened in my life. And I was like, I never want to experience this again because that's like all we have that we take to the grave, you know, just like. And so now I will always, when, when choosing between a decision of two possibilities, I will usually go with the one that has the more interesting story. So for example, two weeks ago, I went to California to go visit a friend, a few friends, and we went up to Yosemite and it was great. So I was gonna book like a round trip or just a, a round trip flight from Chicago to SF to back. Then I found out you could take a train back from SF to Chicago. <laughs> and I'm like, it's the same price as the return flight. Screw it, let's do it. Cause I could get some cool stories out of this. That was literally the only reason that I took the train instead. And I guess, I guess it turned out true cause it was a crazy experience. Uh, so it was a 60 hour train ride solo trip <laughs> from oh SF to Chicago. No meals really, there was convenience store food. No real sleep situation because I was in like the coach class and I didn't even know you could recline the seats the first night I was there. Um, <laughs> no showers for three days. And then I find out there's really no Wi-Fi because I'm going or service because I'm just going through like the mountains and the cornfields the whole time. So funny thing ended up happening. Um, someone had sent me this clickbaity video like as, as soon as I got on the train and it was like how to memorize things 10 times faster, right? And I was like, all right, what it, like, whatever, I'll click on this, right? And so they give me 10 words, and they're like, remember these 10 words. And it's like, hat, ball, house, things like that. I remembered four out of 10, right? Then they're like, okay, we're going to try again with 15 new words. But this time, they attached a story to every single word. And I remembered 15 out of 15. So I'm like, hmm, I wonder what I could do with this information. And so I opened up a Quizlet of 195 capitals of countries around the world. And then the Wi-Fi shuts off like that. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I got 60 hours here and one tab open on my computer. Why don't I just learn all the capitals? <laughs> Hit me with anything now. Oh my God. Um, and that it's was just the capital like- capital of Luxembourg. It's just Luxembourg. Ah, <laughs> damn it. Like every, the, every country capital? Yeah, you hit me Any? on the spot here. What's the capital? Some of the Africa ones were for sure harder for me. What's the capital of Ghana? Ghana is Accra. Okay. Damn. <laughs> I have no way of knowing if that's correct, but I'll take it. Damn. It's on, it's on air now, so you could, anyone could check. Damn. Uh, we'll give you one more. Let's do something in Eastern, like Northeastern Asia. Northeastern Asia. Hit me. Kazakhstan. Astana. You know how I remember these? I, so I'll give, like, I use that tactic, right? I think of Kazakhstan. I think of the word cause i think of the kazoo kid i think the of the kazoo kid getting hit by an asteroid astana kazakhstan like same thing with like uh <laughs> like latvia for example the capital is riga the way i remember that i think of lat i think of a lat pull down i think of a rigatoni noodle doing a lat pull down capital of latvia riga <laughs> but anyways i was like okay if it weren't for that train ride i wouldn't have been able to like know all the capitals of the world now right so it's just like a total random fact and it just created a whole new adventure for me other otherwise you know so i'm a big believer in like the power of stories in general and Damn. it just like makes you more an interesting person i guess <laughs> that's I've, I've tried to think through that frame too there's so many times i actually was i had to go down to new orleans i'm going down there in two weeks but i specifically wanted to take the train I, I, i'm not even kidding 
I mean, I didn't go end up going through with it because my parents wouldn't let me do it alone. But I was like wanted to take the train for the sole reason of why not? It's more fun. It's like a, it's a story. I mean, but again, that's like that's a story lost, yeah. I guess. And yeah. you get to hear cool stories too, because like <clears throat> considering there was no service, I was basically talking to a lot of people, right? Basically, the whole Amtrak across the country is either Amish people because they can't really fly, people who are banned from flying, <laughs> or just like senior citizens who are like international who want to explore America the Beautiful, and so they get to see like the beautiful mountains, things like that. You're gonna like this. I met this one girl who goes to Stanford PA school, physician's assistant, and uh, she was, she started talking to me about like neurology stuff, and I'm like, wait a second, like is there a difference between neurology and neuroscience? Because she's talking about Stanford. And I'm like, she's like, no, it's just kind of like a, <laughs> I see you smiling. She's like, no, it's just kind of like a Optimal. terminology thing. And I'm like, huh, have you heard of someone named like Dr. Andrew Huberman? She's like, yeah, that's my professor. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, bro. Well, Can I'm three people imagine? away from Andrew Huberman. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, there's one thing I guess. Um, wow. Did you get any contact information? Yeah, I got contact information for a lot of different people. I no, for this. her. Yeah. Okay. Her. Okay, off camera, maybe. Yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> um, try to get in touch with Andrew. But you get to meet some interesting people through the Amtrak for sure. Wow. Uh, <laughs> that is ridiculous. That is. But also, the in the last year and a half, it's so weird to think, dude. We were in high school a year and a half ago. That is weird. That is weird. Yeah, dude. Wow. wow. <laughs> But I have had so many frame-breaking moments in this, I think, last year. Like, actually, last eight months, more than anything else. That that's almost not that weird to me anymore. That you met someone that knew Andrew Huberman. It's not that weird in the grand scheme of things. We're not that far away from a lot of people. It just feels like... <clears throat> but, like, in high school, I thought it was it was just so much more... You put these people on pedestals, right? You idolize them. Like, oh, my God, these people have accomplished so much. I could never even meet them. I could never even be around them kind of thing. But it's like, I don't know. Everyone ends up being pretty normal. I mean, obviously, everyone, yeah, obviously a lot of people are. That's a realization I've had over the last several months. Actually, you were asking me about realizations. Um, I've met some people this summer who do like, who make like $10 million revenue a year kind of thing. Like our age, like my age. And... In the past, I would have just purely been like, oh my gosh, like I like put them on pedestals or like I, I just want to be them. But then I thought like, would I want to trade my life for theirs? Not necessarily because just because they're strive or like thriving in one area of life, that doesn't mean all their life is perfect. And I got to see that a little bit this summer where people who might have had business figured out did not have personal relationships figured out. I saw that a lot actually. Um, people who had relationships hadn't figured out their own mental health stuff right it, it, on the outside people are people look perfect in many ways if you just look at one aspect of them like oh like this person's so fit i want to be them but they might be struggling with a lot of other things you know that's their motivation in the gym um so that was a realization i had that was like you know what it's okay just keep going one step at a time and sure it's easy to compare to other people but there's always aspects where you don't want to change who you are do you think there was a time in this last year or so that you were like, you maybe you met somebody or something like that that you like looked up to like, or like you're like, whoa, like how do how did I meet them? Or like how did this even happen? Like I couldn't even imagine this before that. 
I want to do it. Uh, uh, let me think. The answer is yes. Let me just think what I want to say. Um, okay, this is like not... This, this is my answer. So high school, I, I had some good friends, but I never had like the ideal friend group in my opinion. And once I came here, I was able to find that. And I think like that was just like my like realization, the like the biggest one I had, obviously there's, I met all these like cool people and it's like motivated me to like do more, um, whether it be through like this ride or like whatever it might be. Um, but I think like for me, the answer is friends. Like I was able to find, um, like that ideal friend group I always look for where people were always just like supporting each other, which I never had in high school. Um, and I, and sometimes I think I'm like, wow, I have some really good friends. And like, I have that whole, I'm not going to talk about it now, but I have that whole like transfer thing. And that was like one of the whole like reasons why, why I was going to stay. Um, I'll tell you more after, yeah. but yeah. Have you? Yeah. One thing I will say about, wait, yeah, I think about that all the time, dude. We have, like, such good friends down yeah. here. Even, like, I can think of, like, 40, 50 people. Yeah, no, I'm, just, say, yeah, I'm saying beyond just our, like, little friend group of, like, 12 No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially our group of nine, yeah. I really love. Everybody is, like, some of the best people I've ever met. Yeah. And then even beyond that, there's just so many good people. Um, to answer your question, which is just my question again. Um, <laughs> let me, okay. Can someone remind me of like specifically, what, what, what was it? Basically, have you met anyone over the last year that is like, you didn't think in the past, like was even possible to meet these kinds of people? That was my interpretation of your question. No, that, yeah, that, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what you said. I think I've met, I've had that in like micro doses. The first one was Casper. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, honestly, honestly, I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, whoa. I'm like, no way. I'm like, that's ridiculous. And then it's just slowly like more and more people like that. And I'm like, I'm just like, wow. I mean, that thing with Danny Miranda and me thinking I'm two, like two or three people away from Alex Ramosi is kind of crazy. That, 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 so, that really got me thinking um but <laughs> what else was there did i meet anybody also even like dude michael too yeah i was like who's Whoa. michael he's he's a pledge in pct right now in his pledge class yeah. um yeah. he's, he's also he's, cool he's probably my closest friend in the pledge class i uh i told i was talking to who was i talking to i was talking to maya I think I was talking about it yesterday. Um, it, it's irrelevant, the name, or whatever. But I lit, just meeting Michael was enough to make anything else in like PCT worth it, honestly. Because like he's one of like my closest friends now, and like he's <clears throat> such a good dude. And I like I'll tell you like more right off. But like like and he's killing it and like inspiring me like so much, dude. That's it. Just takes one relationship, right, to make like a whole organization worth it. And in, in, in that can be applied in so many contexts. Like, I have a friend who is, like, debating signing up for a country club to raise money for, like, something. And I was like, what would, like, make this worth it in your mind? Like, how many people would you have to meet? How many times a week would you have to go? Like, that kind of stuff. He's like, well, 
if I can meet one person who becomes an investor, it makes the entire fee of the country club worth it. It's just sometimes that one person's all it takes to completely change your frame or to, yeah. I love that. I love it. I've realized that so much. And even just on a college, just like whether or not college is valuable in the first place, because that was something that I talked with Austin about where I was like, okay, so like, why did you even decide to like transfer into college? Like if you have this business and you're doing well and like that's like the main priority, like why do you even want to come to college in the first place? And I almost could like guess in, in some ways, but like I wanted to hear like his perspective on it. And I mean, everyone, just like so many resources. If you meet one person here, let alone, I mean, I feel like I've met like 50. Probably it's just, more, but yeah. It's just so, in every single domain too, where some people say like, oh, financially, like college is not worth it at all. And to a degree, if like you don't have like the money for it, like obviously that's understandable. But even from that perspective, like your earning capacity can be boosted so much like through you learning the technical skills at school as well. So even from a financial perspective, I feel like it makes so much sense, you know? And it's also like what you make of it though. Like what you guys are doing with this podcast, like you, as college students, you have a tag associated with your name that this is another thing I've realized now that I'm out of college that I don't have anymore. If you want to reach out to people for guests for your podcast, you say, Hey, I'm a student at X university. Boom. When people hear the word student, they are already more inclined to help you out because it implies that you're someone who wants to learn, right? In the real world, like, hey, I'm a working professional with the podcast. <laughs> you want to help me with this? Like, get out of here. Kind uh, of who thing. is this guy? Yeah. yeah, like, people want to help students, you know? We, mm-hmm. ta- we talked about this exact thing with Austin a couple well, of days ago. The reason why I even brought it up is because yeah. I had listened to your post-grad, like, whatever recap, and I, like, had to refresh my... A lot of those things that you have... Like we're saying in those episodes of like how you took college for granted in some ways of like that tag was just so valuable. Again, that paired with like, I think like a lot of like just Michael have been like really reinforcing me like, okay, like let's really lock in on this now because you have such a good opportunity. If you really put in so much effort on this, it could really be something special. And where would, where would that point be? Because I almost feel like the people that get to that point they don't like think that that it's like that special at the time. Like it feels surreal. Do you know what I mean? I get, I get Which right. point? Okay. Like, let's say. Okay. Like a quote that I would think of is like a hormozy one where it's like, you've already set goals for yourself that you said you'd be happy if you accomplish. Mm. You know? So if we like, if we have this like goal that we want to set, if we did get there, it, we, it wouldn't even feel like we wouldn't even feel that like wave of emotion. That's the issue with like assigning happiness to reaching certain goals because it'll always change. It's a constant loop, right? If you say, I'm going to be happy when I get into this college, then you get to that college. Are you really happy? No. You think, okay, I'm going to be happy once I get my job. Are you happy then? No, I'll be happy once I get this promotion or once I get, once I marry the person I want or once I have kids or once I retire, like it's always the next thing. The next goal that, oh, I will be happy if slash when this happens. I think it shouldn't be like that. I think like you should always have something to chase towards. But it's also like look back a little bit like, wow, look at what you have accomplished. Look at what you have been able to do in like this short amount of time. It's like you should feel proud. Look at the people you've been able to inspire. Um, and it's a carrot and the stick kind of thing. Like 
yes, if you feel like you maybe haven't inspired anyone or you haven't actually achieved anything in your life, then it's a good motivator. Like, okay, get to that point a little bit. But then from there, yeah, understand that there's a long way to go. Like you guys said, like over the last uh, however many 180 days or whatever you said, like, yeah, you've made so much progress, but you also realize like, wow, there's a lot of work to do with the podcast for it to continue to improve, right? I think that's the sweet spot where you acknowledge and are, have gratitude and are appreciative of the past, but you're also like, man, I'm not where I want to be in terms of what I want to accomplish in life. That's, that's, the, that's the best spot. It can't be one way or another. Because if you're too much on the side of, wow, look at all I've done, it's just like fully ego. And it's just like, oh, you're not going to actually achieve anything after that, right? But if it's the complete opposite where you're like, I'm not enough, I'm not enough, then it's just like, it's not going to help you either, so. Exactly. You know, one thing that just kind of popped in my head, and maybe you could relate this to, at the beginning, a lot of people of us starting this, a lot of people kind of like poked, poked fun at us for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Now, nobody says anything. It's like, oh, like, I got to record a podcast. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, before people... Not like they were doing it necessarily disrespectful. Yeah. Even if there was, I guess, like a little bit of like disrespectful undertones of like, oh, yeah, like you're recording a podcast. Because it's different, you know? It's like they, will, they don't believe that they can do it themselves many times where it's like scary to see you in a way leveling up to some extent or doing something that they feel like they didn't have the balls to do. Second thing is there's hype cycles too. Where at the start, there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of people who are making fun of you, but at the same time, there's a lot of people who are like, wow, like this is amazing, this is amazing. And then after five episodes, everyone's like, oh, like this is, it's not a novelty anymore. It's like, all right, they just make episodes. And then that's another scary thing where it's like, if you are using the hype from all your friends as motivation to keep on going, that's not gonna keep stay forever. People are gonna hype you up at the beginning and like when you've made it huge. That whole middle ground is like, no one's like, saying anything to you, you know? and that that's the long that's the that's long the one. long part that yeah, was the yeah. summer i i think we're still in that that's the part where uh, you have uh, to yeah, remember uh, yeah. your reasons for why you're doing this in the first place and it's not just for other people's like praises it's like because you want to have these great conversations with people you want to practice articulating your thoughts you want to become better communicators and you remember those like core values of why you started in the first place and that's what keeps you going yeah there hasn't been a moment where i thought we were gonna like quit yeah i know yeah, i agree which is and how many episodes are you guys in now? This is gonna be like the twenty first. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Good progress. It, well, we could have had way more. You know, I think the stat. I don't know where this came from, but it was like ninety eight percent of podcasts don't make it past episode twenty. I saw it on the recess Instagram. That's how I've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a post on your Instagram. About are you serious? It. Jacob probably put that up. <laughs> I'm gonna find. That's it hilarious. Right now. But yes, it, it's. I don't know if it's true, but it's like it sounds true, right? So Honestly. props. Well, we've got. <laughs> Yeah, we've got a long way to go. I mean, it's uh. You guys are so young though. Like we started our podcast dude, in like I've, junior year of or uh, summer before senior year of college. Damn. Like imagine <laughs> you guys working now and just keep on going. You're gonna yeah. meet so many interesting people and just. That's the goal. I I was talking to somebody today. Well, I was talking to my uh, uh just some someone in like <laughs> Rohan. Rohan, look, it's a. Uh, also for what? Oh, it's, that's hilarious. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. That's where I saw it. So, <laughs> you probably, if you're just scrolling through that Instagram, it's so much nostalgia, right? Yeah, like go go to the bottom. Like, how do you feel going going down to that? Like, Man. So, we used to post a lot of reels. Shout out Jonathan Thies, who helped us with a lot of the actual <laughs> editing and content there. Like, Jacob and I did not have the bandwidth to make all those. We've never focused on growth. We've never put out reels. We've never, like, we've done 
every now and then here and there, but just to advertise the episode, never to actually like push out content to attract more audience. It's so interesting to look back on this though. <laughs> yeah. Met a lot of cool people through the process though. You don't realize it till you reflect on it too. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, easy, it's easy to kind of get caught up in. Oh yeah. It, but when you really think about it, how many people have you talked to? I think probably like 50, right? Cause you recorded 80 something. Yeah. Probably like 45 or something like that. Wow. We've talked to... When, like, when did you guys start again? We started right before senior year. So ba- okay. basically... So you pumped him out senior year. Basically, like, Jacob and I were like... Like, every two guys, like, yo, we should start a podcast, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're like, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But then Jacob actually bought me a mic for my birthday on June 7th. And so we're like, all right, well, now we're all in. Kind of like, we just bought these mics. Like, let's do it. Um... And we started recording throughout that summer. We didn't post like our first 20 episodes because they were just like garbage. Uh, even after that, a lot of them were garbage. But like at the time, we felt like, all right, we're making lots of progress. Now we look back on the first few episodes and like, holy cringe, <laughs> you know? But it's the same thing, I'm sure. I think my episodes are good now and I'll look back in a year and be like, wow, like progress, right? <laughs> so it's a cool feeling for sure. What do you think goes into that? because i feel like there's just people that are just starters you know like there's people that just like talk about everything or it's like oh yeah like, you'll do it but then you gotta like, kind of know they're not gonna do it but then there's the, diff- the other type of people that like actually take that first step there's another oh my god dude there's another hermosi quote that's like most skills take you're on this hermosi train right <laughs> I know, now dude hopefully <laughs> fuck danny's listening to this or something. <laughs> But uh, there's a there's a homeless where it's like most skills take 20 hours to learn or like, yeah, yeah 20 hours to learn. But most people don't even start the first one. Mm-hmm. And just keeping that in the back of my mind helped me so much with like, well, mine was called Set Sail. Mm-hmm. You're, you're yeah, that's my, right. My, my, uh, SetSailSolutions.com, baby. Amen. My website was actually pretty, pretty crisp. It was. It I'm was. not going to lie. I also made a couple other crisp websites. But... Yeah, that was just in the back of my head when I was just getting so confused. I'm like, this is 20 hours. You just need that 10-hour down payment. And then after that, you'll be good. And it's just like keeping that in the back of my head was just so powerful for it, right? But are there things that you remember when you're trying to start something where you're like, okay, maybe like how do I actually get myself to do this? Well, for me now, that's the easiest part where it's like, all right, if you give me, if you give me some sort of opportunity with something I've never done before... I don't even stress a little bit. I'm like, oh, I can figure that out because I've done it so many times in the past. Now, for me, the part is like, now that I found this, I have shiny object syndrome in the past, I do right? too. I do. Where it's like, ooh, this looks cool. Let me try this project. Ooh, this looks cool. Let me try this. But then it's like, okay, now how do I fit that into my actual schedule and like put in the proper, put enough eggs into that basket? That is, that's been my issue in the past. My issue with like starting it hasn't been a problem at all, but it's baby steps, right? The only reason I had the confidence to create uh, maybe Galleon is because of Simple Sprays, the, the website before, right? Only reason I had the confidence to now build a Beam is because I've done two startups before that. So it's like it all builds upon each other where it was like, oh, like I didn't know how to do build this website. or Dude, I looked back at the Beam website that I made and there was like 166 lines of CSS that I like custom code in and I was like, wait a second, I don't know CSS. How did I even do this in the first place? <laughs> and I realized like I've done this now so many times with so many different websites that I was like, oh, if you told me in the past, like 
you're gonna write 166 lines of CSS for this website. I would have been like, no way. But it was it was just baby steps or the first time I had to change some sort of format or some sort of color or something somewhere. It's like, oh, you learn one little thing at a time, but then overall, then you look back and it's like, oh, it's not as bad as it seems. Mm-hmm. I have the same thing as you where I would just, I just get like, like so diluted. Like my, my attention gets so diluted with like the whole like shiny object syndrome. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that like you reflecting on it? Like besides just the conscious voice, like, Hey, don't do this. Like what are some actual, like actual action steps yeah. to so, like, I mean, prevent it? That's one of my biggest like things I'm trying to improve. Uh, so one is like <clears throat> figuring out your reasonings for doing something in the first place. Am I doing this because it sounds cool? Am I doing this because it looks cool to the outside world? Am I doing this because I hear it can make you some quick money? Like what is the actual reason? Or is this something that I like gives me purpose, gives me meaning? And I used to find that stuff so corny and cheesy because the way it was advertised to me was in corny settings where I would hear like people like – uh, in career offices and stuff or like people at networking events come down and talk about like, Oh, like purpose, like you got to find your purpose. What's your mission statement? What's your mission statement? I'm like, what? Like, come on. Like you don't actually believe in this yourself. And you're trying to tell me to believe in my own mission statement. Right? Cause the people who were talking about it to me, it didn't look like they actually believed in it. They just were reading off some slides that's like, Oh, like this makes me feel purpose, like through classes and things like that until I met Larry Geese. Where the way he would talk about like his mission to make the world safer, healthier, and more productive. He uses that line every time. And the stories he associated with it, I'm like, wow. Like this man has achieved this much. Um, he's been able to donate $150 million to my school and $100 million to Northwestern and like create these, this kind of impact. Because he actually believes in like what he's doing. You know, he believes he's making the world safer, healthier, and more productive. That's when I realized like, wait a second, there is some merit to this. It's just that when it, people talk about it, it sounds corny because it comes from people who don't believe in it. I see. But if I I, see. I've actually started to believe, like, am I solving things that I truly believe will help the world? And it's not like solve cancer. It's like save someone 10 minutes, like beam. Like that for me is like, wow, that feels good. Like I want to be able to help people save time, you know? And like with other things in the past, maybe that I ended up stopping or I thought were shiny objects, they weren't things I truly believed in. They just seemed cool. You know, so that's like a one big guiding principle that I would use now is like, am I going to be, I, I had talked to this guy who's the head of a VC firm, um, based in Chicago, I think. Uh, and he, <clears throat> it was in like a fireside chat and I asked him a question. He basically said like one of the biggest things their whole VC firm looks for in founders is, are they solving a problem that they understand that they care about, that they know about? That's their number one thing that they look for. If it doesn't even meet that criteria, they don't even look at the startup. So that was like a big thing I had heard that was like, wow, that actually makes so much sense because these things get hard. Like there's going to be at the start, it feels all sexy. It feels all interesting. There's going to come a time where it's like, holy shit, like this is not as fun as it seemed. And it's just like a lot of grind work. Right. But if you are not passionate about it, you're going to lose that kind of interest. So why not be excited about what you're working on? You know, <clears throat> I've yeah. really, yeah, I've really, hmm. and there's a lot of people who will like debate that and say like, oh, like I've built a successful like plumbing business and I'm not super passionate about plumbing, but you at least believe the work that you're doing is helping people. You know, I think that's like at least some sort of core. You think so for everybody? Or Maybe not so? for everyone, but everyone has their own business philosophies. That's like one for me. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. How I can avoid like shiny. I don't know. I think some people it's like. 
if you just need a ton of money, then that's enough of a why. I just think you need a why. And you, you need an authentic why. Mm-hmm. It could be to make the world a better place, or it can be that you need to get a, a million dollars to like some mob so they don't kill your family. Yes. Agreed. Whatever that why is. is. If it's strong enough, you'll get it done. Agreed. Yeah, I agree with that. Agree. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about how this semester, I went into the semester, I was like, I'm not going to join too much. I'm going to just make sure that I'm classic committed to two, two to three things, and I'm just going to put my head down and grind on them. And then I did the total opposite. I'm, I, I like that. I'm, I'm, exactly I'm swamped me, in like six to seven things. And uh, I think that comes from, there's just too many opportunities to miss out on. Um, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing in college. In the real world, I think when you get out, it's definitely, it can definitely be a big flaw. Yeah. But in college, I almost, I've had people argue that it's very good to join as much as you can now just because you get exposure to so much and you don't really know about it's the It's a world. playground for learning and opportunity, right? So it's, it's, it's hard to put like an age on something like, oh, when you're 18 to 22, you have to be doing three activities versus when you're 22, you have to do like one, right? Like it's, it's, you can't just put a number or an age on something like that. From Everyone has to find that based on their own life experiences. Like I have now had my fair share of like playground exploration that like now I want to do one thing at a time. You know, I'm over that period of trying and trying out a million different kinds of industries and spaces and opportunities. I see. Yeah, because you're, what are you? We're 19. I'm 22. 22. Damn, boy. I'm old. It feels weird being back on campus for homecoming, I'll be honest. <laughs> who was who Rohan like your, your sophomore year? Who was Rohan my sophomore year? Yeah. Like, like if you were like 19 year old Rohan, like talking with us, how would you be different? Oh, Rohan sophomore year was obsessed with getting a job in consulting. <laughs> he was the director of IBC and head of recruitment for ICA, which are two different consulting orgs. And my whole first goal was like, first get a, get your dream job. And then you can play around with whatever kinds of fun, little exciting projects you want to do. So sophomore year was still me in that phase. Do you think that your personality is very similar? You were just uh, you were just doing different things. Mm. I think so. I think it was pretty similar because I was consuming like actually, that's a tough question to answer. No, because I, it, I no, I was not the same because I hadn't had experience with a lot of different failures or a lot of different projects I had dabbled in that gave me new perspectives on the business world and just life, you know? Mm-hmm. The other thing I've realized over the last several months is my, like, I've, I've actually started to reflect and, like, define what my priorities are a little bit more rather than go with the flow. So for me, number one priority in life is health. Having good health is a, is like just number one. Sorry, I got the I got, I got the whatever that you did with the whole like health. Learn everything about health and all the little subdomains. Yeah, like, so I can talk about that. So I created a notion thing that was like a quote unquote like a blueprint for like how I want to live life. Not a blueprint. It was basically these three areas. So health is number one. I feel like without good health, you cannot serve those around you. You can't help yourself. Like you need good health, right? To some extent. Number two is relationships. I feel like we are social creatures. I think the quality of my life is dependent on the quality of my relationships with myself and with the people around me. And then number three is money, business, 
ambitions, things like that, right? So I basically made this notion doc of like breaking down each of these three categories in a whole bunch of subcategories. So like with health. You saw this is such a Rohan thing. To with do. health. Yeah, it is. I know. I made a new page for sleep, right? I made a new page for water. I made a new page for diet. I made a new page for exercise. I made a new page for biohack. I like made all these different pages. And within those, I made like sub pages of like within diet, lipids, uh, multivitamins, carbs, proteins. What do they actually mean? How much do you actually need? How much water is good for you? How much sleep is good for you? How do you optimize your sleep? Because these are things like I've just heard like, oh, like you just need eight hours of sleep a day. Like you need eight fluid ounces of water. Like, how, like what is that? Like, where's the proof of any of that stuff? So I'm like, let me actually study these topics and become an expert as much as I can. And by making this notion, it held me more accountable to like actually learn stuff, you know? So Yeah. Well, on the... Uh, like you could, I didn't mean to cut you off. Like continue yeah. the whole thought about how like this last time you've been, re- uh, this last like six months or however, you've really been defining the things that matter to you. And I think you were going to go somewhere with that. Well, that was basically the, the three for me. Health is number one, relationships number two, and then like money is kind of number three. And that could change, but that's, that's it for now. I realized how powerful money, like how much of a tool money could be. Yeah, you could argue like, oh, you need money for good health and you need money. No, yeah. Well, not as... I've been thinking about more in relation to like video editing. Not to outsource it, but I could just pay someone to teach me. I could be a prof- like professional to just teach me how to do everything. That You know how I said that you need that 10-hour down payment? Mm-hmm. You could just pay that off with if you have money because then you just pay someone to teach you how to do it for free for like an hour. And then you could... Instead of taking 10 hours, it takes one. You yeah. could do that across every single skill. And that's... Like, I wish I had m- more money for that main reason. Just because then I'd be able to learn things so much quicker. The growth would be so much I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying money is my last priority. It's just my third out of a million, right? Mm-hmm. So it is extremely important. It's a tool to be able to get a lot of what you want. Yeah. Um, and to accomplish your goals and to satisfy the people around you too. So, yeah, it is important. It saves you time. Any other big realizations? Oh, man, there's millions. No, in the, yeah, but in the, <laughs> last, in the last six months especially. Or right here, how about this? In these six mo- last six months, has there been one moment that time kind of like slowed down wherever you were at, where you just kind of like took everything in, and then it was like a big reflection point for you? Iceland, for sure. Driving around two RVs with like nine of my best friends was a crazy experience because it was like, like I'm taking this to the grave like this experience will it's gonna stay with me forever and it's like it's not just the place I was in it was the people I was with and like the experiences and the stories we created and all the memories and that's when like I've had a lot of conversations with people where I've realized like life is life can be very short you know um like I had one of my best friends who's supposed to be my future roommate he like passed away unexpectedly from a heart thing just one night he didn't wake up as simple as that and it's like whoa like we take our friendships for granted we take the people around us for granted and anytime now I have the opportunity to like rekindle an old old relationship or even just like stay in versus go and like meet people and continue to strengthen those relationships I will always go with that second option now Um, because it's like then there's no regrets you know Because people, I mean, people are going to come and go in our lives. That's just a part of how it goes. And so it's like, 
I want to experience it with as many amazing people as possible. So that's the realization I've had. So it's made me somewhat more extroverted where in the past I was probably more introverted. Now people bring me energy because I think of it in a scarcity mindset. Like, Oh, like, like right now I'm back on college, right? For homecoming. And it's like, I never see these people. <clears throat> so I'm going to stay up as late as I need to wake up as early as I can to meet some of the people who like mean a lot to me, you know, rather than like doing work or this Excel course that I have to finish up before I start work. <laughs> <laughs> that was me my whole summer before I came into college. I just was relying on the least amount of sleep that I had ever had in my life. Just because I'm like, I, this is the last, like last dance, like with all my friends being home and I just remember that conscious thought of like every single night, it was just staying up as late as I can, just spending as much time with everybody. And it's really interesting how no matter what age you're talking to, everything, the big lesson that everybody drills back is just take people for granted. You know, it's like you're talking to someone on their deathbed, some sort of that, whether it's intrinsic or like whether it's explicit or implicit to what they're saying, it's always people. Mm -hmm. Now they're like, <clears throat> similar realization on a tangent is re still related to people but just like i think talking to strangers and like complimenting people is like a lost art like everyone's comfortable with their own friends of course and like you want to spend as much time and you want to like hype them up and stuff but complimenting a stranger is so rare these days i was in a this was like such a cool moment and it was so random but I was like looking for a jacket and I was kind of just like browsing around, wasn't planning to buy anything. I went to the Arcteric store in Chicago and I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking through a price tag. Security guard comes up to me. He's like, um, excuse me, sir, did you not read the sign on the door? I'm like, what? Like what sign? And so I go back to like the front of the door with him. He like escorts me there. He's like, he's, he's like points to it. I'm like, I don't see a sign. He's like, it said to leave your muscles at home. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, like you didn't have to do that kind of thing. And I was like thinking about it the rest of the day. I was like, that was so nice. Like I haven't had that kind of experience. And then later that day, like there was this dude walking down the street, uh, coming back from work, who was wearing this like pink tie, bright pink tie. And he just like was like head down, chin down kind of thing. And I'm like, dude, I love your tie. He looks up and he smiles and he says, thank you. And like, I see him smiling as he's like walking down the block, the rest of it. I'm like, I bet he hasn't heard that in a while. You know, he seemed like he was having a bad day. And I don't know, maybe it could have changed his day, but I feel like I just want to do that a little bit more to people now and like pay it forward. But that's something I encourage everyone to do. <laughs> it goes yeah. such a long way. It does. One, one little nice thing to say to someone could just completely change or like turn their day around. Because um, this goes back to what you were saying. You've said this in the past. Where like you guys went on your like camp retreat thing and you like never know what someone's like going through behind yeah. the scenes, right? And yeah. Like, and it's hard to really, like, yeah. Basically, I went on this, like, Kairos. Yeah, I'll explain it real quick. So I went on this in high school. We had this retreat called Kairos, which was, like, a religious retreat, but it really wasn't that religious, basically. Went to an all-boys school, so that kind of, like, matters for context. Everybody's, like, more c closer just because there's not as much politics and drama as you could imagine. <laughs> so, anyways, like, 40 of us go off on this retreat. Um... It's all about kind of like getting closer with each other. Um, I can't really explain in a way that does, does, does it justice. But second night, everyone's kind of like, oh, like, you know, it's kind of stupid, whatever. And then just slowly the vibe switches so much. Second night, you come home to your dorm. There's nobody 
like no phones. It's just like you and alone in your room and you get back and there's an envelope of 15 letters from the people that are closest in you who they all contacted without your knowledge. And they all wrote, wrote you fit, like page long letters of like how much you mean to them. Wow. And it's the most, it's so powerful because like, I read them all like a week ago. Again, like I, I just do that randomly and it's things that you never hear or maybe that's the only time you've ever heard them. And you'll never forget them too. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to forget that moment with the security guard. It was such a small little thing, but it was like, wow, like that was a cool experience. I've, <laughs> I have like a, in my notes, I have a list of lines that people have said to me that I'm like, that just stick where anyways. Um, but then the, anyways, like where he was relating that was you give a speech or like a, like a five minute speech about like, kind of just opening up and I can't really do it justice, but everything just begins to make sense. It's like, Oh, that kid that was like quiet his freshman year in math class. Like, like that's because this was happening to him at the time. It's like, Oh, okay. I get it now. And it's like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to give details, but it's like, you, 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 it's even just like personality traits too. Like you just understand like you hear about how this one kid, like his his dad died when he was young, and his grandpa died, who was his new dad, and you just empathize with people so much because you just begin to understand everyone. And once understanding comes in, pretty much no negative emotion is there anymore. Like you can't hate and understand at the same time. Another Alex Ramosi quote, but that was I haven't really I didn't really think about it much until like two months ago, like that retreat. But it's came up in a lot of the conversations I've had. So, yeah, it's also just understanding that 99% of the time you don't understand what someone's actually going through. <clears throat> you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And it's just like accepting that, like, instead of, oh, this person cut me off in the road and like flicked their middle finger, maybe they just got fired. Like, yeah, they might just be in a bad mood. Yeah, but, it's yeah. usually a situational thing and not a personal thing against you. Yeah. Yeah. Those letters are so powerful. Like, like words can just mean so much. Um, last thing I'll say, and then we're going to, like, wrap it up. Um, but I saw this was this was something kind of stuck with me. So one of the, like, the kids of my, you know Bernard? Yeah. In the Pledge class. Obviously. He's such a, such a good dude. Like, yeah. Just such a, like, a chill guy. Doesn't fit the mold of what you would think. Because he's, like, in a frat and everything. He's the most genuine guy you'd ever like and just so relaxed so calm but also like so loving yeah and that's very like really come into play and like people talk about right and i I, damn i went up to him at band okay it sounds like i was i actually wasn't really like okay i went i went i went up to him at bands and like it was just just like you know like kind of like a more like chill time and like whatever and i just i'm like dude i'm like Everyone talks about how much of a good guy you are. And he just, like, looked at me and just... You can't really convey emotion sometimes through words. But he was just so... Like, I could tell how much that meant. And it was like, whoa. And then he texted me, like, a whole, like, paragraph the next day. And that was, like, eight words I said to him. Yeah. And I'm like... I'm like, Wow. So like those little things, people don't hear like the thing, the compliments that are said behind their back. What about <laughs> this guy makes him so loving? How would either of you describe it? What can people learn from he, him? He is just so genuine. What does that mean? Um, 
Like, okay, so I went on a coffee chat with him, and he's in ZBT, and like, I literally told him like he was just he was he's just like very like relaxed, goes with the flow, whatever it might be. He's an RA, and I'm like, dude, like I mean this in the nicest way possible, but like you do not fit the mold of a ZBT kid, and he just like was like. Thank you. Like, that means a lot. Anything I would say to him, he would just, like, acknowledge it and say thank you. And, like, every, like, any any conversation or anything we talked about, it was because he was genuinely interested. It wasn't like he, like, he asked about our podcast. And it wasn't because he just wanted to, like, create a small talk for it to be, like, a good coffee chat or whatever. He actually wanted to know more about it. And I could tell, especially through Rush this semester, I could tell if someone, like, I think I have a good radar of that now. Uh-oh. We recorded a podcast about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, about, like, if someone actually cares about what I'm saying or if someone's just, like asking me to ask me and like not a single thing he asked was to just to ask me it was because he was actually interested in everything i think there's you just look at the subject matter their conversations and how they talk around how they talk about people when they're not there because that's the same way they talk about you when you're not there and that's like one of the best ways to sense how good of a person someone is is like they're just always talking good about other people and Mm. he's one of those the way you guys describe Bernard reminds me exactly of like a friend I have, like Dennis. It's just everything they ask, you know it's not small talk. It's like they actually want to know. Yeah. And that's a very special trait in a friend. So He's a great guy. Keep him close. Hey hey, shout yeah. out Bernard. I'll, I'll cut up this little snippet and I'll send it to him. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mr. Harani. Good to be back. Great to have you back. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Um, what are the plans for the weekend? TBD. People. People. Underlying, underlying story for everything. Are you going to the game? I'm going to the tailgate. Okay, that's the better part. That's where you meet people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, give us a one-liner as, like, your one underlying message. You've had six months to think about this. Since <laughs> <laughs> the last time you were on. I know. You're going to say the line, and we're going to say... Mm. Number one, I'll say two. One, of course. <laughs> Typical Rohan answer. Asking for one, he gives well, you two. There's two that are just too important that I've realized. <laughs> the reason I even looked into all that health stuff in the first place is because I realized how much was just a lie that I've been living in terms of like what is true about good health and what is not. Just do research before accepting things the way they are. And, you know, it's crazy, like, we we grow up around whether it's parents or whoever raised us and we assume they're superheroes we assume they know everything because and like my parents are superheroes right i I still like to think that but just because that was the way you were told things are done or the way things are supposed to be that doesn't mean that's exactly how that's objective truth so find the objective truth before just accepting something the way it is and then cherish those people around you and spend as much time as you can with them because you never know when someone can go yeah amen and on that note good night champagne (laughs) cheers cheers